Welcome to Truth and Grace with John and Mark. In this podcast, we tackle difficult issues related to living, loving, and leading in a broken world. We hope you are encouraged by today's episode. Welcome to Truth and Grace with John and Mark. We're always glad you're here with us, and I'm always glad to be with my buddy John. How you doing, man? I am doing fantastic. Uh, Good to be here today. Excited about the subject today. Yeah, we're going to talk about uh, the subject of mentorship. I don't know about you, but you know, I've you did youth ministry. Mm-hmm. I've done a lot on university campuses, and I have never met a young man or a young woman who didn't long for a mentor. Yeah, well, certainly uh, people that are going to be used for the kingdom always long for that. You sometimes you find people who want to do things their way; they're not real teachable. So sometimes I'll come across those people, but people who make an Are impact. Are you talking about me again? <laughs> we, we talked about this, And you said here at the table. You're not supposed I, to talk about this. Yeah, but people that really have a desire to make a difference in the kingdom, it's really a foundational uh, trait that you find where they're engaged with a desire to learn from maybe, maybe people who have been down the path. I think that's a very valid point. And, um, you know, as we just kind of jump right into the subject, what do you think of when you think of mentorship? Yeah, I think it's one, you know, there's a few words in the Bible, uh, grace, faith. I think sometimes in the church get, you know, kind of misinterpreted. Mm-hmm. Mentorship is one of those that can go one way or the other. And I think you can really miss what mentorship is about. And, I, and can we just start by saying one thing to everybody that's here? We have one real mentor, and his name is Jesus. And thank God for all the other people that have influences in our life and people that help to mentor us. But ultimately, that is the work of the Holy Spirit. He sometimes, Jesus works through individuals to do that work in our life. But sometimes I find, I don't know if you find this, but you'll get around people and like, oh, this is my mentor. or I mentor 23 people. And And it can be a contention of like, I know it all, so here's what I do. Really, apart from Christ, we can't mentor anybody. Uh, One thing I would say as well is for definition, uh, when the Great Commission is given and Jesus says not just lead people to Christ and get them to say a prayer, but he follows that by saying, and teach them to observe all things that I have commanded, and lo, I'm with you. So you see the connection with Christ. And then you see the teaching all things. Mentorship really in its foundation is teaching the things that, that Christ has laid out in his word and help helping to make that a practical reality. Because you you can read in the Bible where it says, love, love your brother. But then when somebody does something against you, now you have to walk that out. Sure. And I think that that's the challenge of what maybe in company, uh, uh, you know, embodies what mentorship is, is about. Uh, yeah, I, I love that. You know, the, the scripture doesn't use the word mentor anywhere. No. Yeah. You know, but I do think we get some really good examples of it, particularly the Pauline yes. model. So, yes, we see Jesus. I think Jesus mentors his disciples, mm-hmm. you know, and— um, and, and, and of course, I think there's a crossover between mentorship and discipleship, yeah. you know, but we really see this in Paul as it relates to like Timothy, Titus, Epaphroditus, and then other yeah. people that were that are mentioned in the epistles and we see in the book of Acts. And yeah. so, you know, kind of going back to what you were talking about with the multiple, uh, you know, the, the approaches to mentorship and the good ones and the bad ones. I think I, what really z- zeroes in on a good form of mentorship for me is when Paul says, follow me as I follow Christ. 
Yeah. And and what's core in that is that it's relational. And I think that, you know, as we're kind of getting in the conversation and people may be watching and going, hey, I need a mentor or I want to be a mentor. Sometimes we make the mistake in the church of going, well, here's the 14 courses and fill out the paperwork and get back. And then, oh, I've mentored you. We're really the biblical model I believe is far more relational than it is just imparting, uh, you know, tenets of uh, of of information. It's 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 far more the relationship. So when Paul's saying, "Follow me as I follow Christ," it's now observe, see how I behave, see how I handle situations, how I walk through difficulties. And there's a mentorship that actually I find to be far more powerful in people's lives than just, you know, just reading or listening to somebody stand on a stage. I think there's an element of that, but it really is far deeper um, to, to go to what true mentorship is. Yeah, I mean, I think I think that the point for me would be that there's various <laughs> levels yes. of mentorship. You know, and so, I mean, I can think of people who, you know, really impact my spiritual life. You know, I saw Jesus in them. And, uh, you know, uh, one person particularly comes to mind. I don't think we ever sat down and had a Bible study. <laughs> I mean, that was that was not the type, of, but I saw sure. him live his life. Yeah. I saw him love his wife. Yeah, I saw him parent his children. And I remember thinking, that's the marriage I want. That's how I want to be as a as a father. Yep. You know, and so it was very relational, mm-hmm. you know, and it was Christ centered always. But it wasn't like, let's sit down and talk about, you know, James 123, <laughs> you know, that sort of idea. Well, and just to, I mean, just to throw it out, when you talk about different levels, I think there's a lot of people that can have great influences and even mentoring kind of influences. So, I mean, I think that when you talk about a person that's a mentor, but I don't know if you would agree with this, but I've had dead people who have, have been mentorship roles. So when I look at C. H. Spurgeon, sure, the Apostle Paul is no longer living. Uh, I can go through David and different people, King David, and go through the scriptures and see people that I have learned a great deal from. Um, and so there's there's that level of hey, I can see things that people walk through, and I can learn from them, and they can help me to grow. Um, but if we're if we're getting into that higher level of like hey, I'm going into ministry or I'm walking out my Christian life, I think that mentorship has the greatest impact when it's relational, like you're saying, with people that you watch and observe. And that, and I actually, Jesus doesn't say, and it doesn't. He says, teach them to like to fill out the, you know, fill out the questionnaire sure. so they have all the answers in he the Bible. Say, Learn it's what to I taught, but... observe. So hey, watch how I live. Watch how the Word works and emulate that, and so you become more like Christ. Yeah, and you probably know this, but that word it's observe in the King James, but mm-hmm. in most other versions, he'll talk about obey mm-hmm. because the word, if you, th- if that word observe, yeah. think like the idea of an observant Jew. Yes. What it means to be an observant Jew is that you keep the commandments. <laughs> and yeah. so what Jesus was saying is teach them to obey what, you know, and, and you couldn't do that if you didn't see him yeah. live it out, you know? And so, yeah, I, for me, you know, you, you kind of went ahead what we were going to talk about and which I'm glad you did, but I, I can think of many people who have mentored me in various areas of my life that I've never met. You know, I spent very little time with David Wilkerson. Yep. He had a real impact on my life. Mm-hmm. You know, so the 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 
personal time I spent with him was very significant because it sort of made it sort of solidified mm-hmm. all the other things. But his newsletter, he mentored me through that. You know, some of the books he wrote, you know, and then, of course, he's still mentoring me today because I listen to sermons that he preached. You know, that's the cool thing for me about today in technology is that we can listen to people. I mean, one of my mentors as it relates to like spiritual growth is Martin Lloyd-Jones. He's been dead for 50 years. And, you know, I still listen to his podcast. I mean, it's I think today the. The, yeah. the opportunities we have to be mentored yeah. and and then to mentor others has just really ramped up. Yeah. Well, everybody, I think most everybody watching knows that we both work at World Challenge. Sure. And, you know, we have pretty significant roles here. Um, but when I came out of jail, somehow, I don't even know, I, I think it was at a church and I came across the David Wilkerson newsletter mm-hmm. and I started getting those newsletters like all the time. I was literally like, you know, like before that I heard preachers and heard things about the Bible and even went to church at that point. I I was like, who is this guy? And where did he get this from? You know, just the passion (laughs) and the heart and the way that he would come through and describe what a Christian should be. So, no, I agree with you. Like, even in those elementary, you know, times of my spiritual walk, David Wilkerson, there's there's so many that's had a great influence in our lives. Sure. Yeah. All right, so when we talk about mentorship, if you were thinking, okay, here are a few traits that you would want in a mentor, what would they be? That's really good. I because th- I think that there's an element of mentorship that I think falls under that. You know, if you go the uh, you know apostle, prophet, evangelist, pastor, teacher, I think that that teacher role isn't just dissem- again disseminating disseminating information. Sure, that teacher is a. Uh, it's as you teach the word leading. And so, you know, I I think somebody that's a good teacher. There's definitely that role. And and if you're a good teacher, it means you show grace that you're able to take people when they fail and rather than focusing on their failures, helping to navigate through that and then help them to go, now here's the right way, let's walk in it. And I think that patience, patience, uh, the grace grace of God, and then listen, ultimately, because it goes back to the connection, that strong faith and knowing that this person has navigated through a relationship, which you have to be careful of is when, you know, hey, I, I think we could probably make the argument that everybody is being mentored by somebody. Sure. So are you being mentored by somebody who's kind of nowhere in their spiritual life? I want to find those people that have walked through the fires, have walked through the floods, and they trust in Jesus, and they know how to navigate through it. Those are the people that I have found in my life that I'm really going to be able to glean things so that when I come through the fires and the floods— I know how to navigate through those things in a spiritual way. Absolutely. I think in, in order to do that, you know, to, to with someone, I think one element that's important related to being a mentor is that you're transparent. Yeah. <laughs> you know, because if you're, if you're showing up pretending like you've got it all together <laughs> always, you know, I don't need that. Mm. You know, I, I need somebody who's going to be honest with me about where they succeeded, but also where they failed. You know, because I want to know where the landmines are. (laughs) You know, I'd much rather learn from somebody else's mistakes than repeat them myself. So, you know, you talked about the patience piece, grace piece. 
you know, obviously it's people who have faith. You know, I, I think that transparency piece is really important. Well, I, you know, and we, we've already talked about Paul being, you know, that model. One of the things that I love about the Apostle Paul, great man of faith, obviously wrote two-thirds of the New Testament, great understanding of by grace through faith, you know, one of our heroes. But you know what's so great about the Apostle Paul? He would he would write down and he kept give, giving his testimony. I was self-righteous. I was, you know, I, I love the word. I was a Pharisee of Pharisees, but I missed it all. So rather than coming from this point of view is like, hey, I have it all together. He talked about his failures. He, he helped people to navigate through those difficult moments. So transparency, I'm 100% with you on that. I think it's a great, uh, because if you aren't honest with your failures, how are you going to help somebody else to walk through their failures? Sure. And, you know, I... I use this expression quite often. When we share our successes, we build walls. Mm. When we share our failures, we build bridges. <laughs> yeah. You know, and people are much more likely to to relate to us when we share where we failed. You know, and yeah. even if we're not trying to build walls in our when we share our successes, it sometimes inevitably does that or yeah. unintentionally does that. Well, if we're truly honest with ourselves and other people, if you if you go if I go through life and I go, hey, I feel like I've had you know fifty successes. <laughs> doggone it, I got a hundred failures because <laughs> sure. I don't know that there's anybody that has more successes than what they have failures. We probably and that's why Jesus came to save us from our lost state because we fail far more than we succeed. And so, yeah, it's great to help people uh, find the successes, but if you can't really help them to walk through the places that you failed, you're really not helping them to walk through their failures. Sure. I don't know about you. I have discovered in my life that I, as I've, as I got older, yeah, as I grew in life experience, I needed different mentors for different areas of my life. Mm -hmm. So, you know, yes, I, I, that guy who, you know, lives out the Christian life in front of me, that's incredibly important. Mm -hmm. The pastor you know, who I saw lead well, really important. But I also discovered, okay, I need I need someone who will mentor me in my finances, <laughs> you know. And, and can I say this? It's not always the guy that can, you know, help you with preaching that is going to be the guy to help you with your finances. <laughs> yes, as a matter of fact, quite often it's not. Uh, with apologies to all the pastors out there. Right? <laughs> yeah, I mean, you know, I, I need someone who will mentor me. And what does it look like to be a good husband? What does it look like to be a good father? Yeah. You know, there are lots of areas in my life. And so I realized like in the early days. So, you know, I had just come back to the Lord. Yeah. You know, I, I was in a church. You know, it's like the spiritual blinders were off now because yeah. I was serving Jesus. And I'm in this church and I realized this side doesn't talk to this side and this side doesn't talk to this side and neither side talks to the pastor. I didn't see that before I was regenerate, you know, before Christ changed my, you know, my heart. And as the scripture says, remove the veil from my eyes. I didn't see any of that. But all of a sudden I was like, this is not a healthy place. Yeah. And if I was, as a young believer, you talked about the Holy Spirit was mentoring me. I realized if I stay here, I'm going to die. Yeah. And so, you know, back in the day, it was pick up the literally pick up the yellow pages mm -hmm. and look for a church and found a church, <laughs> went to it, 
I, you know, showed up. My is you know my. You're showing your age because you didn't go on the internet. You went on the yeah, yellow well, pages. Exactly. Right? <laughs> uh, <clears throat> yeah. Well, that's all right. You know, anybody who sees me, know, I'm not fooling anybody. Uh, you know, so I, I go to this church, and you know my background. You know, my father yeah. was a planted churches, and this was before church planting was cool. Yeah. You know, so this was like literally kind of like the way you did it. Yeah. You know, the showing up with him, my mother, and me. <laughs> you know, that was it. You know, that's how he started planting churches. And so, you know, I, I had this sort of, I, I did not like small churches. Right. You know, I'd just been, i been in too many of them growing up. And so I wasn't looking for like the mega church sort of idea, but I did want a church that had, you know, some people in it. More than 20 people. Right? Yes, you know. <laughs> yeah. and, and nothing wrong with churches with 20 no, people. No, not at, at all. all. Yeah. You know, and, and actually what I'm about to say is even going to, is so... I, I find this church, I go to it, yeah. pull into the parking lot, and I'm waiting for church to start. And I'm noticing that, like, all the people walking in are old. Mm. Now, in reality, they're probably younger than I am now. But, <laughs> but I, now you're the old yeah, guy walking exactly, to church. You know, and the young people are like, look at these old people. Right? Yeah, exactly. So, you know, I'm watching these people walk in, and, and, there's, and it's clear the church is not very big mm. in, in attendance. Yeah. You know, and maybe 30 or 40 people or something like that. And I'm, I'm, I've driven like 20 miles to get there. So I'm like, I'm here. I'll go, I might as well go. I'll stay, and then I'll. I probably won't ever come back. Yeah, you know, it's funny how people make decisions before they're ever even inside the building. Yep. You know, so go into the church, sitting there. You know, worship style probably was not what I would have chosen. <laughs> you know, to be honest, you know, there was an organ and a piano. You know, and you know, it was hymns. It was all that. You know, and and but. At the end of the service, this is the important part for me. At the end of the service, the I mean, the first they it wasn't hard to spot a visitor because they knew everybody <laughs> in the church, you know. But and and of course, I was in the definitely in the lower age demographic. Uh, they came, you know, like came to me and they were like, you know, introduced themselves, everything, and immediately said, "Why don't you come over to the house today for lunch?" And I ended up going, and honestly, it was like, I'm here, but five minutes, you know, when I'm done, this I won't be back. It right. wasn't because it was just, anyway, sitting there, within 15 minutes, I was like, I love this family. Well, And the next two years were the most transform transformational years of my life. It was in that small church that God called mm -hmm. me to ministry. Wow. It was in that small church that I saw this couple just love each other and love people. This man was a bivocational pastor. Mm -hmm. You know, he worked hard to serve the people of God. And he he worked a full-time job so that he had the privilege of doing ministry. Yeah. You know, and I just saw so many things in his life that were so good. And, and but that required him pulling me in. You know, when I when I made a decision that I was going to, I felt like God was calling me into full-time ministry, you know, other than my parents, I think my parents were the first people I told, and then I told them, and at the time, I, that was going to require me going somewhere to study, mm -hmm. and, which is where we met. Yep. And so I told them, I'm, you know, going to do this, going to do this, you know, six months, I'm going to be leaving. 
this, this amazing couple said, you know, do you have an apartment? I'm like, they knew I had an apartment. They're like, when is the lease up on your apartment? And I was like, uh, it's already up. I just stay in the apartment month to month. You know, it renews every month sort of. Right. And they're like, you don't need to spend another dime. You need to move in with us so that you can save all your money to go to s- school. Wow. And and then, so, I mean, you're talking about bringing people in. They brought me in close and that, you know, I saw them, I saw him from the pulpit. I saw how they interacted in church. And then, of course, I got to know them. So I would visit at their house. So I'd see mm-hmm. them then. But then I lived with them for six months. And what was amazing is I saw that what they were outside was what they were in their house. Wow. What a, I mean, if I, I mentioned this guy's name, there probably aren't 100 people outside who will know who he is. Well, and probably he'll never stand on a, a large stage with thousands of people, but that's not really what mentorship is about. No, and I wouldn't be the man I am today if it wasn't yeah. for him. Wow. So what a great what a great testimony and oh praise God. You, you had a better experience with uh cold walking into a church. So, <laughs> so can I tell a quick story? Sure. Has nothing to do with mentorship. So I lived in East Tennessee and I was like, same thing. Back then you didn't have social media. So I go, hey, I'm gonna go, you know, I had seen a church, so I go into the church. They had snakes and the, there was a snake oh, I, handling church. Oh, I was there, I did not stay throughout the whole service. <laughs> I was like, I love you people. I'm out of here. So I, I think you had a much uh, I had a much better more positive experience. experience. <laughs> yeah. But one thing that you one thing that I really like that you're highlighting there is um is just, you know, when you're when we're talking about mentorship, it's the connection, it's the life, it's the walking through things, it's the transparency. And, and it really, most of mentorship is gained like that rather than just what we have on the stage. I, I think that church is done best when you have the stage, you have the large group kind of things, and then those individual, whether it's small groups or if you're at a small church, it just naturally happens. But those those small group areas can be some of the greatest places for discipleship and mentorship. And so, uh, you know, I really appreciate you highlighting and walking through that story because there's people that are watching that are pastors, leaders, maybe elders at a church, and they think, well, this is for, you know, the, you know, the, the, the preachers who write the books and yeah. have TV shows. But no. really, this is the strength of Christianity. Yep. This is really what Christ commanded us to do. And the church is strongest, not when we have great speakers and leaders, but when we can, you know, really get this down to the inner, the personal interaction and let the Christ that's in you uh, help to be a light. You you never are the light, but it's the light of Christ that shines through you that helps people to grow in their spiritual life. And I think that that embodies what we're talking about today Abs- with mentorship. Yeah, absolutely. You know, my mind goes to people that you would know, like Stephen Tilly Fetke. Mm. Oh. You know, yeah. Charles and Patty Estridge. Yes. You know. Royce, These are Bible college professors, by the way. Yeah, yeah. Royce and Faye Shelton. Mm. You know, people that I was a, a young man. Yeah. You know, they were at least 20 years older than me. Yeah. But they invited us. They invited me and they invited us as a young couple when we started dating and then got married, Amy and myself. They invited us into their lives. Mm. And, you know, so 
some, some of them, too, a couple of those were professors. You know, I, I think of other people in my life who nobody's, I mean, they're great people, but they, they're not in professional ministry at all mm-hmm. that had such incredible impact on my life. And, you know, I just would like to encourage people today to, you know, not everybody, I think, can really be a mentor. Yeah. You know, for me, one of the biggest areas, uh, one of the biggest qualifications for being a mentor, in, in addition to the ones we've talked about so far, is somebody else's willingness to grow. Yeah. You know, because I, I found in my own life at the stage I'm at right now, I'm looking for people. I mean, at my age, there aren't a lot of people older than me yes. that are going to be pouring into my life. But I'm mutual mentorship. Yes. I mean, I don't know about you. I mean, I don't want to speak for you, but I feel like you mentor me. I learned from things in your life. Maybe, I don't know, maybe you learned, maybe you learned what not to do for me. Uh, but, you know, I, I, other people I work with here that are roughly the same age, I learned from. Yeah. But, you know, ideally, I think it's great if people have three types of relationships in their lives. Mm-hmm. Someone who's older than them, speaking into them. Right. Mutual relationships where we're speaking to each other. So peers. Right, and then those who are younger than us that we're investing in. No, that's good, and I and I'll be honest with you, and I know you're going to agree with this, but you know, part of my role at World Challenge is I kind of you know take the vision of World Challenge and sure. make it happen across the platform. And so for me, like I love next gen stuff, making sure that we're passing the gospel along to the next generation. So yeah, a lot of times it's people, you know, like you know somebody that I would look at as you know in ministry wise, we're more equals. But uh, man, praise God! When when I go and meet with with next gen people, if I have the attitude when I meet with them that I'm just there to teach and train them, do you know what I learn about this generation about what it means to be a Christian in the culture that we live in? What I learn from from young people is so valuable to Absolutely. understand the world that we live in. And so, you know, most of the time, and that's why I, I like the mentorship being in Christ, because rather than us being the wise old sages, <laughs> that we have this ability to go, hey, all of the people that are around me, we're bringing some influence of spiritual growth in life. It's all rooted in Christ. But listen, as much as hopefully I can help some of the, the younger people in ministry, mm-hmm. I also believe that they can also teach me. And so we're in this completely evolving teaching. And if the goal is what you're saying is that we all want to come into the fullness of Christ. So now what is mentorship about? Is this really becoming more and more like Jesus? Absolutely. I think the the day of the sage on the stage (laughs) is sort of going away. Yeah. You know, I mean, I'm not minimizing the importance of that, but I think people today are looking for that intimate relationship yeah. much more than they are just somebody who's going to d- download information to them. Listen, big stages can be one of the most deceptive things in this world because what we do in the body of Christ and what happens when you get to a large stage, if you ever have this this thinking that, well, the guy on the stage is the one that has it all together. You brought this up earlier we all have areas that we need to grow in. And so even if you have a large church, 
great communicator, somebody that can speak well on a stage, that doesn't mean that all the things in life are in order. And so that could be financially or life things or in family. And so a a person who is growing to the fullness of Christ should constantly, rather than saying, well, I stand on the stage, people listen to me, I've got it to, I, I think that that is a trap. Good leaders are constantly going to be self-evaluating, looking at themselves and going, what areas do I need to grow? What are my blind spots? Help me to, God, give me some people in my life that can help me to find those blind spots, see the blind spots, and grow through the blind spots. So the goal is to be more and more like Jesus. And that's what real growth is because it's just because somebody stands on a stage and proclaims truth and is really good at it doesn't mean that they have their life together. Yeah, I heard a podcast recently I was listening to, and a guy was, he, he was being very transparent. He said at one stage, his he was talking to his wife, and she said, I really like hearing you speak. She said, I only wish you were the same person at home that you are at church. <laughs> yeah, and all the pastors said, ouch. <laughs> <laughs> and, he said, and he said it was like, he said it wasn't a stab in the back. Yep. He said because it was an honest conversation you know, but he realized, you know, it was so easy to be something when you were keeping people at an arm's length. Yeah. But the people up close really do know who we are, you know. And 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 here again, that's really, I think, the value of mentorship. Yeah, I think about the worst thing you could do in a situation like that is to get mad at her because really what she's trying to say is, hey, you're really good at sharing these things, but I, I don't always see those things. And I think as pastors and leaders— that's that's why the goal should not be just proclaiming, but walking up. That's why we <clears throat> teach to observe all those things so that what we're saying on the stage matches up to the life that we live. Yeah, exactly. You know, m- maybe as we're closing today, you know, I, I could just share a little bit of a personal story. Mm-hmm. Um, I remember at a particular time in my life, I was probably in my, I don't know, late 30s, early 40s, maybe even a little bit later than that. And I went, one day I was just thinking about, you know, sometimes we kind of complain to God in our prayers, mm-hmm. you know, which is okay. I mean, we see that in the Psalms, yeah. you know, and um, I was kind of just talking to God and I was feeling this like hole in my heart, in my life where I realized I, I didn't have a mentor. You know, I talked about that guy earlier and he was very, but you know, he was thousands of miles away and it's a particular time in my life. And I was like, Lord, I feel, I really feel this tangible absence mm-hmm. of a mentor in my life. And, and, the, and the, the sort of the prayer was, would you bring that person into my life? Yeah. And it was interesting. What I felt like the Lord said to me in that moment wasn't yes or no. It was be a mentor to others that you wish you had yourself. <laughs> yeah. You know, and because we can sit around waiting for somebody to mentor us and miss the ministry God has for us. And in my mentoring others, I found that I got mentored too. You know, it's what you were talking about earlier. Yeah, well, and, and this is the truth. How many things like, hey, if I go to algebra class and I'm learning algebra, I, you know, hey, I'll, I'll get the algebra. But then when I start teaching somebody algebra, sure. what happens is it makes you think through it and then apply it. 
and really understand it more. And so sometimes as we're teaching others, it's making us think about, hey, this is how that works. So in, in a in a roundabout way, we are learning as we're teaching uh, other people, which I think is a great um, I think is a is a great way to live. I think it takes the pride away. It takes away that aspect that you know we we have to be the ones that have it all together, and now we're showing everybody else how to live. Man, when you're learning and growing and sharing, and then learning from others. I think it's in that environment that we grow in the greatest way. Absolutely. Thanks, John. I think we, I hope we've uh, helped people today. I know there are people out there that probably look to even these conversations as a, as a piece of their mentorship yep. process. And of course, today we want to encourage you that while it's really important and it can be really beneficial to have women and men in your life that you're learning from and you're growing from, I want to remind you that the Holy Spirit who lives inside of you is really the greatest mentor. And any human mentor that we have ought to be pointing us toward Jesus as the solution. And that's what Jesus said. He will come and he will be your teacher. Yeah, yeah. Thank you, John. I think that was really good. And I think there are people that watch this podcast or listen to it who who this is part of their mentorship process. I think, mm-hmm. you know, our, our goal is always to have, you know, like that, third chair at this table where people are taking part. And so I hope this is sort of part of people's mentorship process. If you've benefited from this material, we ask that you would share it. Uh, In the meantime, we ask that you come back and join us next week when we're going to talk about a really important subject, and that is why it is so important to remember the poor. So in the meantime, like, share, comment, all of those things are good things. Have a great week. Thanks so much for joining us. We know your time is valuable and we're so thankful you chose to spend it with us. If you enjoy listening to John and Mark, you could see both of them in person at the Fire in Our Bones conferences. Their heart is to see your passion for God and your calling rekindled. Check out worldchallenge.org or the show notes for more details. John and Mark will be back next week to offer their insight into how believers can live, love, and lead well in a broken world. We'll see you next time.